0: fans we're back again uh you may be confused as to who's speaking to you and it's only because i have incredibly plugged up sinuses
1: tyler how are you doing tonight slightly less plugged up sinuses but you know it's going around the the illness is rampant yeah that's what happens when we stare at each other's faces (laughs) sickness spreads so this time we have quarantined ourselves in our own homes. Yep.
0: Yeah, we made the we made the grave error of 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 trying to see each other face to face, and that's just it's it's God's way of saying that we should not do that anymore.
1: Yep, we did not leave enough space.
0: <laughs> we were we were face to face and and not leave
1: some space. Yeah. So, let that visual sink in. That was not in. the motto of middle school. No, it wasn't. Um, how are you, uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I am the least sick person in my household right now, so I've got that going for me.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I unfortunately am in the opposite situation, so I apologize, uh, if I'm going to sound sniffly through this whole thing, um, it's because I'm sick and also because this is incredibly depressing.
1: <laughs> yeah, some of it is sadness, some of it is a cold. Probably like 70-30 well, sadness.
0: Yeah, I kind of want to like keep you on your toes. Yeah. See if you can figure out which is which.
1: So for this episode, we're actually doing something different than we've done before. Uh, we are going to be looking at a manager, the leader of these very frustrating gentlemen that we call the Seattle Mariners. But we're not just doing any of any old manager. We are doing no. the... Old manager. The original. Mm-hmm. The OG. The OG, Daryl Johnson.
0: You you made the first mistake of, I think earlier, referring to him as a leader. Uh, so I just, I just want to make sure that you're choosing your words very carefully here.
1: Well, he sat at the point of the bench where <laughs> that was designated for the manager. So while he was there... He might, he filled out he <laughs> filled out a few lineup cards. He, he called the bullpen, but really only just to see what was up, see how they were doing.
0: Yeah, just to like say hi, uh, see if they needed places anything to eat around town. Yeah, yeah. you guys doing okay? You guys I could send some ask if their refrigerator was running. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the idea of, of being a manager just so that I could prank call my own <laughs> my own team members. that would be pretty awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just call out to the bullpen, just, like, just to tell the bullpen coach to tell the bullpen pitcher that you like the least to sit <laughs> to sit down.
0: <laughs> just really passive aggressive the hell out of that bullpen. Yeah, I like that. I mean, the way that they performed uh, last night, that's that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be as passive aggressive as I want to be. <laughs> So yeah, we're we're gonna be talking about uh, talking about good old DJ Daryl Johnson, the first manager uh, in a in a long line of unsuccessful managers yes. <laughs> of the Seattle Mariners. Um, and speaking of unsuccessful uh, managers, that kind of brings us to our stat of the podcast, which we haven't been able to have for a little while um, since we've been breaking the mold a little bit here and there. Um, But uh, we are here to present to you today, listeners, the stat of the podcast, and that is uh, there are only two managers in the history of the franchise that have left with a winning record, uh, left with a record above 500. Um, So you can start thinking now about who those two people might be. How how long should we give them? Like five seconds, 10 seconds? Yeah,
1: well, I'm going to spoil a little bit. Uh, Daryl Johnson, not one of them. (laughs) Daryl Johnson was decidedly not a winning manager. Well he was he did leave the Mariners as the winningest manager in Mariners history at the time that he was fired. That's very true. He was he was first of one. So (laughs) Um,
0: yeah, I think I think that's I think that's plenty of time. I I mean you could probably guess who the who the first one was, and that's
1: that's Lou. Yeah, Lou Panella. Yeah, that one's a no brainer. Yeah. The second one was a little surprising to me.
0: Yeah, I was I was actually pretty surprised. Um, and and I actually remember kind of being a little bit surprised when they got rid of him because, um, you, you know he had done so well, uh, with with what he had, and then you know had kind of a, a disappointing a, a down season. But with the turnover in ownership and management and. The people at the top, you know, you could kind of see it coming, um, but that would be uh, Lloyd McClendon.
1: Yep, he got two seasons. The most recent manager got two seasons and finished two games over 500 with a record of 163 and 161. So maybe getting fired actually helped keep him on uh, on the list as an uh, answer to this little trivia question. So who knows?
0: That was his goal, yeah. I
1: think. Yeah, he was like, I, got, I, am, I am the only, I'm only the second manager in team history to have a winning record. I'm going to stump some people at bar trivia night, so <laughs> I, think, I think I've accomplished what I set out to do. At
0: this point, it's the most that a manager could hope for. <laughs> yeah. Being a piece of trivia yeah. uh, for drunken millennials, that sounds
1: great. It's good to have goals.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah daryl dill Johnson was the the first manager of the Seattle Mariners uh, ex Seattle pilots slash Milwaukee Brewers, mm-hmm. then Seattle Mariners that whole topsy turvy thing um, uh, we're we're getting a little bit out of our wheelhouse because before this we've been talking um, a lot about kind of the the frustrating players from our um, kind of heyday of watching the Mariners yeah. so this is kind of early 2000s mid mid 2000s so we're digging a little deep here um, but this is kind of fun kind of talking about the days of yore mm-hmm. the disappointing days of yeah
1: yore. the disappointing days of yore that set us up for the day disappointing days of every other year
0: <laughs> <laughs> they prepared us well they did yeah,
1: yeah. What Daryl Johnson did was he set the table for what we should expect from this Mm -hmm. franchise. So, kudos to that, I guess. (laughs) But Daryl Johnson uh, currently ranks as the, uh, currently has the second lowest winning percentage of any full-time manager in Mariner's history. So, he really set the bar low coming out of the gate. Um. Yep. But he was he was uh, an accomplished guy before he came to the Mariners. Uh, he w- played in the league for uh, like ten years uh, as a catcher. He wasn't like he wasn't great as a player, but he, mm-hmm. he kind of uh, built up a reputation as as being a smart player, a uh, guy who mm-hmm. could teach the nuances of the game to younger players. Yeah. And that made him really valuable. He ended up getting traded around to 12 different teams in 10 years. And he ended up getting his first managerial job with the Boston Red Sox.
0: Which is a a pretty nice way to start out your managerial career. Yeah, if
1: you're going to start somewhere, might as well start in Boston. And he immediately found success. Mm-hmm. 1974, he's the manager of the Boston Red Sox. They go 84 and 78 and finish third in the American League. 1975, they improve. They go 95 and 65 and win the AL pennant.
0: Yeah, they, um, they want taking care of business against Oakland, sweeping them, um, and then ran into, uh, Ran into a little team from Cincinnati. Yeah,
1: the Big Cincinnati. Red Machine. Womp, womp. Womp, womp, indeed. And they, he takes he takes Big Red Machine to seven games in what, in what many believe to be one of the better World Series of that era. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a great series. It's competitive. They go toe-to-toe with one of the greatest teams in history. Uh, come up short in Game 7. Yeah. Now, you would think that would be nothing to feel bad about. But, but, uh, Daryl Johnson didn't take the loss very well. Uh, apparently, after they lost the World Series, he became known as a surly, angry, and bitter old man.
0: Kind of like a, I mean, one might say a, a sea captain. Tyler. Yeah.
1: So I think he was Someone just building up his resume. <laughs> to get to Seattle. Grew a, grew a long beard, started wearing galoshes a lot. Yeah. Now, the modern man might deal with those feelings of anger and bitterness uh, in a constructive manner, you know, <laughs> uh, building a boat, uh, mm-hmm. going on a walk. Chopping a lot of wood. Yeah, chopping yeah. wood, something productive. Uh, but in the 70s, men were men. And so Daryl Johnson (laughs) turned to drinking.
0: Oh, good. Well, I thought you were going to say beat his wife. So that was... (laughs) No. That's at least a little bit better. Yeah. Uh,
1: But he did get popped for drunk driving, which cost him his job in Boston. Even though he represented the American League as manager of the All-Star Game in 1976, he was fired as the Red Sox manager shortly after the All-Star Game. So yeah. you have a guy who is bitter, angry at the world, drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, you need to put him in charge of your f- of your brand new franchise in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: now, to be fair, uh, Boston was doing pretty terrible in 1976.
1: Well, yeah, so. their manager was uh. drunk. <laughs> he kept trying okay. to send Johnny Walker out. To pitch the seventh inning,
0: <laughs> true story. And 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 at that point, it was just throwing an empty bottle out at the mound. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't that doesn't do anybody any good. It doesn't. That's an injury waiting to happen. It is, is
1: what that is. Plus, that guy's the bottle's fastball had no pop.
0: <laughs> so the Mariners, uh, the Mariners, meanwhile, are kind of trying to. Um, figure out what they're going to do as a team. Uh, like I said before, they used to be the Seattle Pilots. Uh, they'd been a part of the Pacific Coast League for a long time. Um, then they were sold to Milwaukee, thanks to uh, freaking Bud Selig. Um, and then uh, there was that whole lawsuit thing, uh, which was great. Basically, uh, the the lawsuit said that um, there was a breach of contract by Bud Selig moving the team to Milwaukee and that they were essentially owed a baseball team. (laughs) Um, And uh, so when that was settled, they eventually got what was called an expansion team at that time, uh, along with Toronto. Um, They narrowed it down to uh, a couple different places, uh, places that would also eventually wind up getting uh, Major League Baseball teams, but Seattle and Toronto were uh, were the two to start off with in in 1977. And um, lest we get too down in the dumps during this discussion, uh, you know, talking about how terrible the Mariners were to start off with. Um, don't worry, because Toronto was right there with them. <laughs> they they were just awful for a little while.
1: Um, yeah, it took a so little bit to took a little bit to explain America's pastime to Canadians.
0: <laughs> it did. It did. Um, but they caught on. Yeah. They're, doing, they're doing well right now, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. They have a World Series win.
0: Oh, God. Don't they, though? They do. Oh, man. Oh, don't remind me. So um, the, the, the new Seattle team um, was set to begin in 1977, uh, owned by uh, Danny Kay. Uh, that would be the singer Danny Kay uh, I guess called an entertainer because he did a lot of stuff Um, and uh, the name was chosen by uh, about 1500 entrants uh, from all around the all around the northwest Um, and then they christened in 1977 on April 6th to a sold out crowd in the kingdom uh, and promptly lost 7 to 0
1: yeah so really setting the expectation level (laughs) To a proper yeah, you
0: think they could have scored one freaking run? A proper
1: man. level. God. Yeah. No, that team was was not really built to win right away. They had uh, a bunch of a bunch of old guys that they got in the expansion draft, and they had a, a lot of young guys who were probably not quite ready for the major leagues. Uh, so you had a weird mix. And then you had this guy who was trying to put his life back together, trying to. It, it sounds like the premise for Major League, uh, only except with less win. success.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, except they don't really win.
1: No. <laughs> yeah, whoever wrote Major League watched this Seattle Mariners team and said, you know it would be funny? Like classic comedy funny. If this team could win something. Yep. And he was right. It was a great movie. It was, it was actually a really good movie. But. Um, yeah, so... Um,
0: 1977, they started out. Um, they finished second to last uh, in miraculous fashion. Um, uh, last was uh, Oakland Athletics, so at least we can kind of make fun of our friends in California that they'd finished below an expansion team. So that was, you know, with an inebriated manager. Um, but uh, they finished 64-98. and uh, Only just a mere 38 games back, uh, the Kansas City Royals. Had them right
1: where they wanted um, them.
0: <laughs> yeah, lured them into a false sense of security. Um, so that Kansas City would go on to make the playoffs uh, (laughs) in the next four years. (laughs) Um, And uh, started off really poorly, I think is just the only way that I can say, Um, below major league average in essentially every major category except for uh, strikeouts as a team. So... um, All in all, they they finished uh, 20th or worst um, in all but just a a couple of categories. So out of 26 teams, um, they were in the bottom quarter of of just about every category. Uh, And last in opponent home runs. They gave up the most home runs. uh, And shutouts. Um, The uh, Texas Rangers that year pitched... 17 shutouts, that's combined, that's just not, that, that's not a single pitcher. That's any combination of shutouts to prevent the other team from scoring a run. Uh, managers, uh, the Mariners managed to do that, uh, Tyler, just once. Just once. Because that's showing off. The yeah. one means
1: that. Yeah, all you need to do is prove that you can do it. You don't have to keep mm-hmm. going out and showing it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know
0: what, we did it, we're good. Yeah. We don't want to stand up here. Been there, done that. <laughs> uh, and instead, they ended with the, uh, the gave up the second most runs um, in the majors, the second worst ERA. Uh, they walked the least. Their plate discipline wasn't great, even though they didn't have a, a lot of uh, home runs. They also didn't have a great average or on base percentage. Um, had uh, they were fourth worst in uh, runs per game so when you're fourth worst in uh, offensive runs per game and second to worst in giving up runs per game that does not make for a very good record it's not a winning formula no but luckily the seasons change Uh, the team gets a little bit better um, 19, nine, or 1978 rolls around And you can see a little bit of improvement At least on the offensive side of things um, They do improve in uh, Quite a few categories They actually uh, improve their ranking in, in, On 23 spots, essentially um, Across the board uh, For hitting and um, A little bit in, in uh, fielding But mostly their pitching Stays awful, which keeps them out of contention. Um, they have a worse record than they did in nineteen seventy-seven. They go fifty-six
1: and one hundred and four, um, which is really bad. Yeah, that's not the hundred hundred game mark that you want to you want to hit.
0: <laughs> no, uh, but just thirty-five games out of first place, hey. so they're getting better. Hey. Um, but they approved. Uh, they they improved in. Uh, Almost every offensive category, they improved in runs per game, uh, runs total, doubles, triples, RBI, stolen bases, walks, uh, on-base percentage, um, uh, on-base plus slugging, uh, but uh, were last in the majors again in opponent runs per game, ERA, shutouts, uh, opponent hits, uh, opponent home runs, and their strikeout-to-walk ratio was the worst. They were second-to-worst in uh, strikeouts, team strikeouts and whip. Uh, and, I mean, that's going to kill you. You, you. you can't hit well and still give up. Uh, they were giving up at that time f- five runs a game. <laughs> they were the only ones over five.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of runs.
0: (laughs) That's a lot of runs. It's hard to score five runs in baseball. I know that opponents still seem to do it against the Mariners quite often, but I I will tell you that it's difficult. Yeah, the
1: Seattle Mariners pitching staff was trying to prove that sentiment wrong, (laughs) but it remains a fact that it is difficult to score five runs in a game.
0: Yeah, at this this time you had... um, you had seven teams in the, in the Western Division. At, at this time, the AL and the NL were split in just an East and a West Division. So uh, you had the Kansas City Royals finishing first again that year. Uh, right behind them, the California Angels. Back when they were the California Angels, which was such a better name. Um, then the Texas Rangers, Minnesota Twins, Chicago White Sox, Oakland, and then Seattle.
1: Oof. yeah but then 1979 happens yeah they got a bit better yeah today. and you continue to see improvement on the offensive side uh they improve in runs per game runs hits triples home runs rbi stolen bases walks their strikeouts go down their average goes up Their on base percentages up sluggings up everything on the offensive side is up and they even start to improve their pitching. Now, to be fair, they couldn't <laughs> get worse than last in most categories. That's true. But they still improved, and that's good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, they went from 26th in uh, opponent runs per game to 24th. Hey,
1: progress is so progress. That's,
0: uh, that's an improvement. Yeah. They went from giving up a uh, 5.2 to 5.06. So there you go. Um, but, you know, again, pitching is going to keep you out of, of contention. So even though they, they did improve, they got back out of the basement. Um, just those, barely. Just barely. <laughs> uh, finished ahead of those Oakland Athletics again. Um, so it uh, at at the end of nineteen seventy nine, it was California on top, Kansas City Royals, Texas Rangers, Minnesota Twins, Chicago White Sox, then the Seattle Mariners, then Oakland, Seattle just twenty one games back this time of first progress. So again, they are improving. Yeah. So that's it's a good place to be, um and and yeah while they while they improved um in almost every really in almost every category in 1979, and they were above the major league average in almost every offensive category in 1979. They were still below average in every single pitching category. And maybe that's kind of the takeaway here is that um, because Toronto was kind of in the same boat. They were giving up a ton of hits. They had a super high ERA, um, a really high whip. They actually finished with the worst whip in 1979. Um, low fielding percentage. Um, super low opponent walk uh, to uh, strikeout to walk ratio. Um, that it it sounds like it's it, it takes a long time to build up a good core of of pitching, and maybe that's the lesson.
1: It's certainly a lesson. <laughs>
0: I mean, they seem to be able to hit pretty much right off the bat, but um, pitching just, it just, it just never got there. Which is kind of ironic now, because you know, now that's it's it was kind of one of the things that they were pumping out for a little while there. But
1: yeah, you look at—it's hard to be an expansion team. Uh, nobody is going to give up good players. Uh, in that, in those expansion drafts, you're going to get a lot of cast-offs, a lot of guys who are on their last couple years of, mm-hmm. of a career and guys that are really going to just start mailing it in. <laughs> yeah. And as for the pitching staff, they're going to mail it right to the plate with a big bow on it so the opposing team can just whack the hell out of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a shame because you think that you know if they if they could improve that pitching just a little bit they would have at least been uh, a competitive team right off the bat Um, because they were really one one half of a team away from uh, being competitive which is which is what it's like now except kind of on the opposite side of things yes. and that was that was 1979 and then yeah progress
1: uh, progress is happening progress. positive steps are happening the 70s are ending on a high note they're going to hit the 80s and just go for it right and oh
0: kind of oh um, damn and then man and then the 1980 uh, 1980 Mariners happened um,
1: they uh i blame flock of seagulls for whatever is about to happen i i blame flock of seagulls uh,
0: yeah they um they got worse in like every way and 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 not just kind of worse um they got they got much worse uh they uh Dropped in ranking in every single category except WHIP, um, which they they managed to lower by a couple hundredths of a of a point. Um, so that means that they were now back down in the basement. Um, in offensive category, uh, pitching, uh, fielding per uh, fielding percentage, um, and in many cases. They were ranked worse than they did their first season as a team. Um, now here, four years later, which is definitely not where you want to be.
1: Yeah, well, you know the old adage is two steps forward, eight steps back. <laughs> that's how you get. That's how you get where you want to be. It's the Seattle Mariner I if way. That's all it was. Is they just
0: they just didn't know what what the real saying was and this. The, like, their their terrible performance was just due to a, a misinterpretation of a popular saying.
1: Yeah. So they thought they were doing the right thing. Mm-mm. No. They're not. Oh. No, terrible news. No, no.
0: Way, way, way worse. Um, yeah, they uh, posted fewer hits as a team in 1980 than they did in uh, 1977. Fewer doubles, uh, fewer home runs fewer rbi uh they posted a lower average lower on base percentage lower slugging percentage obviously then a lower ops as well fewer total bases um and uh gave up more opponent hits and uh had a worse strikeout to walk ratio than
1: they did their their first season as a team yeah, not, not the direction you were hoping for. After you saw you saw incremental steps towards being a respectable competitive ball club in the first three seasons, mm-hmm. and then it just just all, all just, it was so it was so Mariners.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it <coughs> you have to wonder if it, you know part of that is kind of the hangover of. Um, one part of the team doing so well um and then the other part of the team not doing well at all and then it just kind of all fell apart because everyone is just exhausted after that um but um
1: yeah could have been yeah, could just, have been that just... it could have been everybody was really bummed out by the pending death of disco
0: yeah yeah that could be that as well um <laughs> uh but you know Regardless, um, you know they they uh, you know they, they they were in the basement once more. 103 losses. That was the the most losses they had uh, posted as a franchise up to that point. Um, fun fact: In the 1980 regular season, um, Rick Honeycutt, who was a pitcher for uh, the Mariners was spotted uh, using a thumbtack on his finger to uh, cut the ball against uh, playing against the Kansas City Royals um, and uh, the umpires uh, ejected him after not only finding a cut in the ball but also finding a gash in his forehead where he had accidentally wiped <laughs> his forehead with the tack on his thumb <laughs>
1: Sounds about right for this pitching staff. <laughs> which,
0: is, which is such like a Seattle Mariners way
1: to fuck up cheating. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like if they had just found the gash in the ball, then just for pity's sake, they would have been, just let him keep throwing. It's not going to help him. And then he cut himself, and so he's bleeding all over everything. And they're like, well, <laughs> now we have to toss him. <laughs> I mean, if only, so- if only to protect him from further harm.
0: Oh man, it was just, yeah, yeah, they said, why don't you sit out these 10 games just to think about your life decisions, you know, we're not even mad, it's clearly not helping, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <coughs> yeah, so that was, um, uh, that That was, that was the first four seasons under, under Jill Johnson, a first very kind of four, uh, forgettable seasons. Um, they, uh, they didn't really, uh, produce any kind of memorable players during that time. Um, they did have, uh, now let me, let me take a look here. I might have to take that back. Yeah, they didn't produce any um, kind of players of note at that time. Um, no, no kind of interesting transactions. Um, just, just kind of poor all-around baseball. Um, and it, it was not a great way to, to start off baseball back in, back in Seattle after losing the Pilots, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I remember reading like a uh, history of the Mariners franchise up, up through the 96th season. And when they first started and then into the 80s, Seattle was known around the league as a destination to go when your career is over. Like that was where you got put out to pasture and your career died. So that's the mentality that a lot of these players are coming onto this team with. (laughs) So you can
0: see... I wonder how you get the reputation of being, like, the nursing home <laughs> of baseball teams. <laughs> that's, that's very sad. Practice,
1: like, practice, practice. Wait, <laughs> no, that's not right.
0: Like, they're going to be terrible, um, but they have pretty good buffets. So, you know, it's all right. And then they have, you know, a pretty early dinner. Um, the health care is pretty good. Got that nice stiff sea air... Uh, to help your lungs. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh <laughs> yeah Johnson um uh was fired midway through the season. Um, he uh eventually became the third base coach for uh Texas um in in nineteen eighty um sorry in in, in nineteen eighty one uh and then coached again for texas as the uh head manager in 1982 uh did terribly for the first half of the season uh and then uh, went back down to um to being demoted to a, a scout after that and uh, served as a scout in the new york mets organization for a little while um and and that was kind of the end of The end of Daryl Johnson. He was a very interesting person because he had this kind of like rocketing uh, kind of personal managerial career up into the Seattle Mariners. And really up until losing that Cincinnati 1975 World Series, Mm -hmm. he was the first manager of the AAA Red Sox team. Um, that was developed in uh, nineteen seventy three and won the Governor's Cup, which was the their kind of version of the uh, their World Series, it's kind of their their only international um, tournament. Uh, gets promoted, um, has great success at first, loses that really heartbreaking, awesomely played. World Series against one of the best franchises, or or, um, loses that World Series uh, against one of that best kind of known dynasties in baseball, and then just collapses. (laughs) Really just went right off the end of the cliff.
1: Yeah. And into the waiting arms of a desperate Seattle Mariners of the Seattle Mariners, so we'll take you. <laughs> we will take you and guide you into that good night. Now, to his credit, Daryl Johnson did seem to kind of get his personal life together when he came to Seattle, because uh, his players really like liked him. They said he was he was a nice guy, he was a good teacher for the younger guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just did not translate well on uh, into games. For whatever reason. But he came in, they they hired him as this uh, uh, hard-nosed, old-school intimidator who's going to, I don't know, glare this team to wins.
0: (laughs) They figured if he could just like stare at people long enough. Just make them
1: so uncomfortable that they make mistakes and then give up and go home. Uh, that didn't pan out because he got there. Like he came in with this hard-nosed reputation. He was a surly guy. Uh, Julio Cruz, who is a 22-year-old second baseman for the team, said uh, when he got hired, quote, I didn't really know who Daryl Johnson was, uh, but I remember seeing him in the 75 World Series when the cameras would zoom in on him in the dugout. I thought of him as a grouchy-looking man. But then he comes that was, to... That was
0: like his main
1: coaching attribute that was, was just his, looking yeah, grouchy. That was his number one attribute. Like if, if, <laughs> if he had been on LinkedIn, that would be the number one thing people <laughs> would have endorsed him for. Looking grouchy.
0: The nice thing about uh, LinkedIn is it would have
1: been just as useful in uh, 1977. Yeah, he would have gotten now. just as much use out of it without ever <laughs> ever logging in.
0: Yeah, the, the, it it seems like maybe the the Mariners were just playing off of, like, if we can get as kind of many baseball tropes into one manager as possible, like he's the hard-nosed, tough-luck, you know, kind of drunk, uh, bitter manager who, you know, was on the East Coast for a while, and maybe he'll come in and just stare this
1: team to victory. Um, I mean, you still need good pitching to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah, he was kind of, he was he was the type of manager that now, like, other, he was the type of, like, hard love, hard, he was the type of manager who would, like, get on players, and he told them mm-hmm. that if I stop yelling at you, that's when you're worried. So he's, like, the, the <laughs> place where that coaching trope came from. Mm-hmm. Where, like, if I stop yelling at you, if I stop being a dick to you, it means you're a worthless piece of shit and i hate you and i don't want to see you anymore <laughs> but if i keep yelling at you and making you feel worthless that means i care so be yeah. better as yeah. i yeah. continue to scream at you so he's kind of the origin I of he's that a great dad though oh yeah <laughs> I, I mean i
0: i don't want to i don't want to be too mean but like that's there's some fucked up logic in there that I, I would love to deconstruct some some psychology of Daryl Johnson of like what did who who hurt you Daryl who hurt you
1: the psychology of coach speak and particularly the coach speak that centers around that philosophy of if I stop yelling at you then you know you're in trouble <laughs> is so weird even to me and I've had coaches like that mm-hmm. and. I don't have the personality type that really responds to that. So what ends I,
0: up—I don't know what you're saying.
1: So what ends up happening is they'll—they'll they'll start screaming, and I'll just kind of stare at them, and I'll go, "Really? Is this really <laughs> how we're going to discuss what's happening here? Is this really what the what the back and forth is going to be?" And they're like, "You know, you're right. I don't know. Whatever." And they get tired, and they stop. So, the insane
0: difference is that those coaches were doing that um, uh, not in a professional sports setting.
1: No, some <laughs> of
0: these guys... They were not being
1: paid? No. You were not being paid? Nope. Some of these guys were coaching church basketball, so... Just
0: doing it for the love of yelling. Yeah.
1: they had something to get off their chest but they weren't going to actually talk about the issue at hand so they were going to yell about other stuff to make themselves feel better mm-hmm. works every time coaching 101
0: <laughs> i feel like we could do
1: it yeah yeah we have enough we have enough scars on our souls that we could we could yell at some kids for a while
0: so i think uh uh that's that's kind of all we have in terms of the uh, the the Daryl Johnson era. Um, although I believe you you have another little anecdote uh, of his to share. And then uh, I wanted to briefly discuss with you, kind of, because I I think this might be kind of a fun thing to, to continue throughout our episodes is to just kind of buff up on what's currently happening uh, with the Mariners and kind of include
1: a little snippet in. Uh, at the end of each episode. Yeah, so Daryl Johnson is getting ready to start his first season in '77. And this is from uh, the book Tales from the Seattle Mariners Dugout, by the way. Mm-hmm. Now that's only available in Papyrus, correct? Yes. Okay. No, you can get the ebook for $9.99, but I will tell you the one review on Google, not great.
0: That's all you had to say. You could have. You could have
1: stopped at the one review on Google Plus. (laughs) So, sorry, guys, but I will plug the book. But I will. But I got to be honest about it. Two stars. Not great. (laughs) Was that you? Did you leave that review? I did not. No. This is this is the extent. (laughs) This little excerpt is the extent that I've read this book. So I I can't. I don't feel confident enough knowing the depth of this book to really give it any stars, to be perfectly honest. Okay. Okay. So 1977, the team's getting ready to start playing. Uh, They're in their first spring training, and they got a a, a veteran catcher uh, from the Royals in the expansion draft named Bob Scrap Iron Stinson, I, th- I love it. Yeah, who's, I love it. If you if you put a if you just plugged in a name to a 1970s baseball player name generator, <laughs> I think you would get Bob Scrap Iron Stinson.
0: <laughs> I uh, we need to make that. If it doesn't exist, Tyler, that's our million dollar idea. Yeah, I can't I mean, imagine an, there's an not an old timey I mean, baseball
1: name generator. Yeah. I mean, that's, I am, where, I that's where the, the real board. money is. <laughs> that's where the money is. Uh, P.S., so this important. part of the conversation is copyrighted for anybody out there looking <laughs> to steal that million-dollar idea.
0: If you've downloaded the podcast on iTunes, look for that non-disclosure agreement in the mail yeah. coming
1: shortly. Yeah, it's in there somewhere, probably. So anyways, Bob Scrapiron Stinson, who had a reputation as being kind of outspoken, and very candid, was asked by a reporter at, their first, at the team's first spring training, when do you think the Mariners will be eliminated from the division race? And Stinson very honestly looked at him, and he said, opening day. <laughs> now, Daryl Johnson didn't like this. He called Stinson into his office, and he chewed him out for making that statement. But it wasn't because Johnson disagreed with him. According to this book, he simply didn't want the Mariners fans to hear that kind of negative talk before they had a chance to get their hopes up for the new season. And that, (laughs) right there, sets the table for 40 years of Mariners baseball. Daryl was just trying to keep the people from getting hurt. Yeah, he's like, listen... That's all he wanted. Listen, obviously, we're not going anywhere, but let the people think maybe we will... And then we'll dash their hopes with our play on the field. <laughs> That's, That's the Mariners' the, uh, way.
0: <laughs> that was the that was the Jack Sorensic motto, mm-hmm. I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Now we know where he got it. Mm-hmm. He had that had that little uh, little ditty on a bumper sticker. Yeah. I think.
1: I wonder what he's doing right now. Counting money, making oh, poor God, choices. Probably. Just. I'm
0: sure I I guarantee you he's counting money. I'm sure he's counting money. I mean, I would if I got the chance to to, to run a team terribly for that long and not get fired for that long, I I, I feel like I would just uh probably count my blessings. Yeah. And by that I mean dollar bills.
1: Oh. <sighs> God. Yeah. Now, this was not the first time that Daryl Johnson Sorry, this was not the last time that Daryl Johnson and the humor of uh, Scrap Iron (laughs) butted heads. Because apparently, later in the season, during a game at Milwaukee, so it's a bit of a rivalry. This is the former Seattle team playing the new Seattle team. And it wasn't going great for the new Seattle team, as most things did not in 1977. But Glenn Abbott was getting knocked around in the bottom of the first inning after the Mariners had given him a lead in the top of the first. So you don't want to squander that. He was. So bottom of the first, pitching coach West Stock comes out to visit the mound, and he looks at Stinson and asks him the first question. He asks Stinson, what kind of stuff does he have? And Stinson says, I can't tell you. I haven't caught any of his pitches yet. (laughs) <laughs> That's so good. Now, when he got back to the dugout, Stock told Johnson what Stinson had said, and Stinson was and Johnson was then waiting for Stinson at the top of the dugout stairs when the inning eventually ended. I'm guessing because, you know, they had to turn off the lights at some point. <laughs> And Johnson's Johnson's <laughs> advice to his catcher was that if he wanted to be a comedian, he should try Las Vegas.
0: Oh man, that's so good. Yeah. So that's so good. So I don't know. So Daryl Johnson,
1: Bob place, Scrap yeah. Iron Stinson for True Detective season three.
0: I would watch it. Yeah,
1: that would be some cantankerous back and forth.
0: I that's a that's a cross country road trip that I hope
1: happens someday. <laughs>
0: I want to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. Oh man. Do you have any uh any any other thoughts on on Daryl Johnson? No. <laughs> this was uh this was a lot more depressing than I thought it was gonna be. Um kind of talking about managers, I thought this was gonna be kind of uh, an interesting one to do, a little bit different than what we've been doing before. Um but uh just looking at the at the raw stats was really a bummer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it
0: was just a bummer.
1: Yeah, yeah. For all of his reputation for being a great teacher, Daryl Johnson could not teach pitchers how to pitch, which no. seems like he should have worked on. I mean, you need to have the talent
0: there to start with. I think I, I think that has a lot to do with it, but. Um, speaking of pitchers who can't pitch do you want to uh do you want to do a little uh, uh what's happening now in the world of the Seattle Mariners really
1: quick before we go absolutely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't you so many reasons um, but I'm going to do it anyways <laughs> <laughs> um fun fact right now uh
0: as we speak we're in the middle of a game uh that has a combined 12 runs between Seattle and New York and every single one of
1: those has been scored by a home run. So, the more you know. Yeah, they're really working on that the uh, whole small ball, getting runners across when scoring position.
0: Well, you know they did it yesterday.
1: They didn't do much anything yesterday. I don't think I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, yesterday the offense did
0: their part. Oh right, yeah. And then and then the good old Wilhelmson came in. Um, we're we're in the midst of of actually right now um, the M's have been playing pretty well lately. Um, they're uh, back to about uh, nine games over five hundred. I think as of yesterday's loss, um, they are uh, just one game behind. Uh, I believe it's Baltimore for the second wild card spot and just two games uh, outside of Boston for the first wild card spot. So very, very, very close um, this late in the season, which is great. Just six games back from Texas. Um, Texas is crushing it, and I, I, I don't think that anyone's going to catch up to them. They're playing out of their minds right now. Um, but both Boston and Baltimore lost yesterday... And the Mariners had a good chance of uh, gaining a lot of ground and maybe slipping into that second log card spot. Um, and that's why in the bottom of the ninth, or in the top of the ninth at home, you, you send out the bartender, Tyler. You send out the bartender. Yeah. Because he's going to wipe it down.
1: Is that where that nickname came from? I'm, I've been trying to come up with like a good thought, saying for him. I thought it was because he looked like a drunk
0: <laughs> I I don't I don't I don't know I, I don't know what the alternative is. He's going to so my thought was he's going to wipe it down. I know that sounds dumb, but uh, he's going to pour you a drink. He's going to we're going to have to I don't know. I don't know what it's supposed to be. We'll 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 come up with a much better nickname for him at some point. The maybe the why is he still playing Tom, Tom, why is he still playing? Will Will Hounson. There it is. Um, well, we'll, we'll, streamline, that. And we'll uh, streamline that. <laughs> yeah, we'll streamline that. Yeah, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Uh, came in the in the uh, top of the ninth and uh, gave up a solo home run that should have been caught. I don't know if you watched the game yesterday. Should have been caught off the heel of uh, Norie Aoki's glove and over the wall. Uh, and then a, another two-run hun- two home run that also probably could have been caught um very close to the the top of the wall off the glove again uh kind of thing for uh a, a game tying home run uh he was promptly removed because you know why would you um and then uh, uh milwaukee scored another run in the in the top of the ninth and. And the Mariners lost it was a classic snatching defeat from the Claws of victory game that that we haven't had in a while. It was actually kind of refreshing
1: yeah it's it's nice to be reminded of which team you're watching
0: mm-hmm mm-hmm we've we were getting spoiled because to be quite honest i was I was looking at the score uh in like the fourth inning and i and i was i started I started doing playoff math in my head Tyler, and you never do. Playoff math. Well, that's what happened. Don't
1: do it. So, Mariners fans, if you need someone to blame when the Mariners eventually do not make the playoffs, it's the other Tyler (laughs) doing playoff math on August 21st.
0: I've I've been blaming myself personally for Mariners' losses for, like, 16 years. So, that's fine. I'm used to it. Tyler, if you or I could affect the outcome of Mariner games, I guarantee you we would have known that by now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say so. We would have figured it out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, sir. That's all. That's all I got. Do you have anything
1: else to add? Uh, the only thing I could think of is that the issues with the current Mariners started right after people started saying nice things about the bullpen. So, I think we should all, as a group, go back to telling them how shitty they are. Not only as baseball players, but also some of them as human beings, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, they
0: are, they are terrible. I hear that in order to warm up, they actually throw
1: puppies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, the all, they're all garbage people. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. reverse um, psychology. <laughs> it, it works every
0: time uh well sir um i think that
1: about that about does it for this episode but uh, uh where can you find us we are on facebook at yoy podcast we are on twitter at yoy podcast we really stretched our brains to to come up with both of those <laughs> you can send us an email at yoypodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. and we are on itunes and soundcloud -hmm
0: yeah send us an email if uh, if Dale Johnson has ever stared you down uh, from the dugout we want to know um, if uh, if if you've ever pulled him over for a DUI we want to know if you uh, if you gave up five runs uh, in an inning as a Seattle Mariners pitcher from 1977 to 1980 we want to hear about it we want to know what was your thinking if you um, uh, if you ever uh, scratch your forehead by trying to tack a ball, we want to know what's that like. Does it hurt? I imagine it hurts. Um, but send us an email. We want to. We want to hear from you. Um, and then uh, in in future episodes, I think we're gonna get back to uh, get back to doing what we do, Tyler, which is talk about players that uh, make us want to sit outside quietly and think about what we've done.
1: Yeah, the ones who have personally victimized us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. In, in like a sadistic way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sir. It was good to talk to you. Definitely not face to face because uh I am I am on the verge of collapse.
1: Yeah. As outbreak monkeys go. <laughs> I'm very handsome? Is that what you're going to say? It was yeah, most of those words were going to be in there. Yeah i'm I'm not sure I appreciate your tone well it's a good <laughs> thing I'm not there for you to take it up with me <laughs> all right sir i will uh I will talk to you later All right have a good night.